Hello, friends, and welcome to Untorn from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love. That's right, my friends. Welcome back for another episode over on the audio side of things right through our website uh, called Untorn. We've been doing this for several, several years now. And to put it bluntly, to put it frankly with you, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, sometimes we do themes based on the semester that we are together. Sometimes we do themes per month. And in this semester, we are looking at things in Scripture from the point of view of what it means to rise up. Focusing on the things that we do have in front of us as opposed to the things that we will oftentimes envy and go to God and say, man, God, I wish I had it differently because dot, dot, dot. We get so caught up in that mentality. We get so caught up in that rat race in life. And uh, maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can't. But I can tell you, many times in my life, I just seem to get stuck and fixated on that which I currently don't have as opposed to uh, being thankful and grateful for the things that God has trusted me with. So, tonight we're looking at the bar of excellence. We're looking at the... Uh, desire the drive of what it means to be people that are filled with godly character and integrity. And I've got to say, uh, it's a unique and fun opportunity to see what God's measuring stick is as it relates to holiness, as it relates to walking faithfully with Him. And so, welcome aboard, my friends. Uh, We are going to look at excellence tonight. Now, you might have your preconceived notions of what excellence is. If you have an idea of what you think excellence should look like and what it should incorporate, please feel free to share in the chat room below or uh, feel free to send me a private message of some sorts. When it comes to excellence for me, I look back at my lifelong dream and desire of what it means to be one who is a public address announcer. I've done sports literally my whole life. Back when I was three years old, I used to record uh, myself introducing the next song, and I thought, man, uh, this is uh, this is an opportunity for me to pursue being a DJ on the radio. And now some of you might say that are watching, well, Jay, you have a face for radio. And I would say to you, be nice to me. Uh, and, you know, I've always been enamored with radio. Uh, I've enjoyed it. And it got me into public address announcing with with doing sports throughout Western New York, high school sports with Section 6 over in Buffalo or Section 5 here in Rochester, doing state finals for girls volleyball. I was announcing state finals for girls volleyball in my senior year of high school at the University of Buffalo. And Man, I really felt like I was hitting the big time with that. It was awesome. Really thought I was going somewhere with that. And, you know, for a season, for a time, it it was pretty incredible. But then God had different plans. And what I thought was excellent for my life certainly pales in comparison to how God wants to use you and how truly he, how he wants to use me. Think about that for a second. Now, we can sit here and dream. We can sit here and think about the different aspects of ways that we can uh, think about how God wants to use us. But in the end, um, but in the end, 
what your perspective is and what God's reality is could be two dramatically different things. I love looking back in my life and seeing God movements in ways that I never anticipated. That's his excellence at work in me. My prayer is for you that that you would realize that what he desires uh, for you is so much more than you could ever fathom or dream about. It's pretty awesome. So we're looking at excellence tonight. We're looking at godly excellence. We're looking at what it means to be people of excellence. And so as we dive into scripture, as we look at uh, John chapter 2 verses 1 through 8, I'd just like to take a moment and say, maybe we should just pause at different points and be thankful and grateful for the amount of times that God uses us, even in situations where we didn't think we were usable. It's pretty awesome when you think about it. So with that being said, let's pray together. Let's hone in. Let's focus in. And let's uh, dive in uh, to what God has for you and what God has for me uh, this evening. Let's pray together. God, I want to thank you for the the chance and the wonderful and incredible opportunity to uh, share out of your word tonight. God, I, I pray that this would not be a time where things are done in vain. Uh, I, I pray, God, that this would not be a time where where we are stuck or focused on that which doesn't matter much. Help us to turn our gaze, help us to turn our attention, our focus heavenward. And God, may you get all the glory for it. I thank you for, uh, again, this night. May we truly understand and wrap our heads around what it means to be people of excellence, people of integrity, because of your call of excellence in our lives. Thank you, God. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, my friends. This is the reading of the word of the Lord out of 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Check this out. Paul's writing this. Or check that. John is writing this. Paul writes a lot of the New Testament, but this is actually John that's writing this, John the Apostle. And he says this, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. So that you may not sin. Thoughts on that in a little bit here as this passage unfolds. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the Righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world, of the entire world. And by this we know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commandments. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not keep His commandments, he is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps His word, in Him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way which he walked. Continuing on, verses 7 and 8. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. That the old commandment is the word. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. 
At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. This is the reading of the word of the Lord out of First uh, John, uh, chapter five, verses or chapter two, uh, verses one through eight. Thanks be to God. Amen. Uh, something to think about. Something to get excited about. I, I absolutely love uh, God's uh, scripture. I love the chance to read it and and kind of meditate on it and spend some time there. And I think uh, there are times in our lives where we miss out on the opportunity to dive into scripture. And so as we're looking at this theme of rise and rising up, please understand, my friends, that this element, it it starts with understanding that God's word is made for you and made for me in order to understand what pleases the Lord and what honors him. The first thought that I would have for us tonight is found in verse 1, this concept of we may not sin. There's an option here. There's several options and choices and decisions to be made each and every day. But the choice to sin, the option to walk away from a temptation situation is there and available for you. The option is you can be one with sin. You can go down that road. You can venture down that place or go down that that situation and attach yourself to different things. Or you can say, you know what, I'm better than that. I'm not made for sin. I'm not made for compromise. And the better option is the one that doesn't compromise the identity that's found in Jesus. You don't have to sin. When when temptation comes lurking and knocking on the door of your heart, you don't have to sin. You don't have to walk down that road. You don't have to go down that journey, my friends. I think sometimes the thinking is that we have to embrace that. And the good news tonight is you don't have to. So that's really point number one tonight is is this whole idea of sin doesn't have to be an option for you. In fact, I would venture to guess that as it relates to and as it comes to sin that God would say, you know what? Don't go down that road. I've given you the chance and the ability to say no so that we can come up and endure under as though we are over it. There's your bar of excellence. It's it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I mean, think about that. You're made for more. I'm made for more. And the more that we are made for is not more sin. Shall we keep on sinning so that grace may abound? As Paul writes, by no means. So as it comes to sin, as it comes to flesh, you can go down that road, I guess, if you want. Why would you? Especially when you've tasted the freedom, and especially when you've tasted the opportunity to no longer be under its power and under its dominion and under its control. But when you are set free by the Holy Spirit, he who the Son sets free, he is free indeed. Why would you want to return back then to a thing that will only promote 
anti-freedom. Something that, that you once walked in, but you don't have to any longer. I mean, think about it, right? You don't need to go down that road. Maybe some of you tonight that are watching or some of you that will watch this in the future, maybe you are right or listening to this rather. Maybe you are right on the heels of an episode where temptation is lurking around, looking to devour you, looking to take you out. I know it's hard. I know it's hard when you have the opportunity to have some healing in your life. And there's a huge payment that comes with that. I understand what it's like to uh, have to sacrifice different things for the sake of health and wholeness. When the easy way would have been to embrace the temptation. But my God says that I'm better than that. You're better than that too. So why would we want to compromise and walk down that journey, walk down that pathway that that ultimately uh, clouds our judgment, confuses us, and puts us in a place of uh, further bondage and indebtedness to that which holds us captive? So you don't have to sin. That's point one as it relates to 1 John Chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Second thing is this whole idea of being righteous or the righteous one, meaning Jesus, referring to Jesus. Jesus is declared in this passage as the righteous. And the reality is, is we have an advocate. We have uh, one that, that stands for us and is with us on our behalf. Jesus, he, he puts the pieces of, of my life, the brokenness, uh, that is inside back together and continues to set each and every one of our lives towards a different course, towards a different direction, down a specific trajectory of right standing with the Father. And that's what it means to be in right relationship, where Jesus is the righteous one. He he allows us to be put into right relationship again with God the Father in order that we would be, one, viewed different, and two, that we would ultimately have a transformed life. It's not just God viewing us as different, but now it's God saying, I'm going to transform you into the potential that I see in you, and that I want to do inside of you. Jesus is the righteous one. There's there's no one that even compares. In fact, scripture in Isaiah 62, I believe, verse 6 declares that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Why would you want to incorporate messiness into that which is called to be holy and spotless and and made as white as snow? So we have this whole idea of that we may not sin. We also have Jesus as the righteous advocate. Standing on our behalf. Fighting the battle. Continually interceding and praying for us. Even when uh, there are times and situations that dictate that say that 
were behind the eight ball in life and feeling just hard pressed from every angle, Jesus says, you know what? I'm still the righteous one. And what makes him the righteous one is the third point, the propitiation, which is a big fancy word that basically means he is the payment. Jesus is the payment. Trouble the untorn cat is over here. <laughs> Trying to get him to come over. Come on over here. Trouble. He's just looking at me. <laughs> I get off track with trouble. Hey, buddy. He's a propitiation. Jesus is the propitiation, the payment. The payment um, so that I don't have to die. Um, there's a cost involved. And whenever there is death on the cross or whenever there is sin, the remedy means that something has to die. And in this case, it is someone and that person is Jesus. There's a cost involved and the good news is the payment's already been made. We don't have to wait around and, and sit and just hope that, that Jesus will will crawl back up on the cross in some capacity. You don't have to wait around any longer for it uh, to happen. It is done. Jesus declares it is finished. He is a propitiation for me and he is the propitiation, the payment for you. And that's something to get really excited about. That's something to uh, focus our attention on and continue to be grateful and thankful and, and worship the Almighty One because of what He has already done. It's not something to linger around and be hopeful for. I mean, we still have that attitude, right? Because Jesus is coming back. And that is something to get excited about. But in the meantime, the sacrifice is done. It is finished. We don't have to, we don't have to sit around and, and wait for him to come back in some capacity to crawl back up on the cross. When he comes back, it is the victory celebration. Not only will the battle be over, but the war will be finished. The last thing I'd like to share with us tonight as it relates to this passage of, of excellence and rising above uh, the compromise that we love to live under are these, really, it's, it's a subset of three things. Known, keep, command. If you are known by God, and if I am known by God, and you claim to know him, and I claim to know him, then we are called to keep the commands, keep the truth, and not allow it to be bypassed onto someone else or something else. It's not like it's some sort of thing that takes a back seat. The commands of God, the ways of God are meant to be yes and amen, and we are meant to be pursuing that truth in our lives, for our lives. The truth points to his command and the option to walk and be with Jesus is there and available for you and for me to respond to. It's nothing new as this passage alludes to. It's nothing new unless you've, it's been foreign to you. And that's really what it comes down to, my friends, this whole idea of rising above in order that we may not sin. That we would recognize that Jesus is the righteous one. He is the propitiation. He is the payment for my sin. He is the payment for your sin. 
And we are, if we're truly to be known, we will keep his truth and walk in his command. And that, my friends, is tonight's Untorn. I want to thank you for being part of this. I want to thank you for the opportunity to uh, share this time with you. Uh, it is truly an honor and a privilege uh, to be part of this broadcast. And as we wrap up Rise, focusing and being thankful on that which we do have, as opposed to um, being jealous and envious for that which we don't, maybe, just maybe, we should wrap our brains around the excellence of God so that we may not sin, so that we would recognize Jesus as the righteous, holy one that he is, the advocate on our behalf, that he's the payment, the propitiation. And my, my response should be to know him, to keep his truth, and to respond in obedience to his command. Thank you, my friends, for being part of Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer. We'll see you next time. For those of you on the video side, please feel free to stick around for a few more minutes as we will take some prayer requests in just a few moments and pray with one another. Uh, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for being part of Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer, saying so long for now. Take care and God bless. Uh, we'll see you next time right here on untorn.net. Taraji P. Henson. In my new movie, What Men Want, I can hear men's thoughts. You better think. On February 8th. How did this happen? The psychic gave me this tea. I thought black people stopped drinking tea after Get Out. Freedom. Taraji P. Henson, Alda Sarge, Erica Badu, Tracy Morgan. If you only knew what I was thinking right now. Trust me, we don't want to know. <laughs> what Men Want. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. In theaters February 8th.